BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at bcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Thank you so much for joining us. In for Jim Schneider, Dalton Windsor, Mike Side on this first day of March 2024. And uh, we have much to get to here, as always, on a Friday uh, news roundup and uh, comment. Sandy has been gathering uh, the stories for well over a week now because uh, looking back, uh, due to some programming changes uh, last week, uh, we did not get a uh, a roundup in. We had uh, some other special broadcasts last week, so there's plenty of things we'll actually uh, revisit that may be uh, even from the week before this uh, current one that we are in. Right now, right out the gate, we just want to uh, encourage everyone to be in prayer for the firefighters, the first responders, pray for the the injured, uh, those who have been displaced by the uh, huge, this wildfire in the state of Texas. Uh, in fact, uh, the, it's the biggest in the state of Texas's uh, history. This uh, wildfire sweeping through the panhandle there, and uh, it was updated uh, earlier today, hours ago. It's now uh, officially has burned, destroyed one million acres. CNN uh, put that number out. Firefighters have been battling the blaze. Uh, they were hoping for some uh, respite from this with some moisture that had uh, went through, I understand, last evening, but it was not enough. And now um, they're saying no wind in sight as uh, the ferocious winds of today are sure to blow right on into the weekend and just keeping things going there. But it is, uh, it's been dubbed the Smokehouse Creek Fire. And again, as obviously implied here, it remains largely uncontained. That from uh, the Texas A&M Forest Service, again standing as the largest among several major wildfires raging across the rural Panhandle region, having even encroached into neighboring Oklahoma and destroying homes there. Uh, President Biden yesterday uh, did commit his uh, help, saying that... uh, you know, they would be doing all that they could. He also took the uh, opportunity to uh, have a remark against his, quote, Neanderthal friends, end of quote, his Neanderthal friends who don't support climate change. So we have this this nasty fire going on in, in, in Texas, and we take a moment to try to make a political statement uh, during it, so let us let us be in prayer for those that are are working this. And wow, the the, the statistics here are everywhere. But uh, now to one million acres destroyed by the fire again, two lives, and that's too many. But you would it could be worse, but that's too many. But uh, two have died, and uh, we just certainly hope that uh, things would somehow come to come to closure there. The uh, wildfires in Texas and then, of course, getting into uh, Oklahoma. Now, as far as uh, other headlines and such, there's a wildfire of headlines as well. And and again, this is quite the stack of uh, things that we would uh, endeavor to cover today. And uh, we already mentioned uh, President Biden, and uh, we'll kind of lead there and uh, talk a little bit about his uh, his defense secretary. Now, I'm reading here from American Thinker, and the headline says, uh, Trump supporters have rarely had much to celebrate in recent times, but uh, this week, Trump supporters had some reason to celebrate thanks to Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas. Talking about Texas again. Uh, this occurred during the hearing of Joe Biden's defense secretary, Lloyd Austin. Uh, Lloyd Austin faced uh, Congress publicly for the first time, and Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas asked the defense secretary about casualties in Afghanistan during President Trump's tenure versus Joe Biden's tenure. 
Okay, so he's setting the, the, the table here for a comparison of how things were for our soldiers in Afghanistan under Trump versus how things have been for our soldiers in Afghanistan uh, during, uh, during Joe Biden. And uh, we'll try to bring you this uh, clip here. In the 18 months prior to this administration coming to office in, in January of 2021, how many American lives did we lose in Afghanistan? I'm sorry? Prior to Joe Biden becoming president in the prior 18 months, how many Americans did we lose in Afghanistan? How many military service members? Uh, very few. I'd have to go back and check the record. I think it's exactly zero. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we lost 13 lives under uh, this administration's watch. 5,000 prisoners broke out of Bagram. We left billions of dollars worth of equipment. The Afghan army disintegrated within two weeks. And General McKenzie, uh, General Milley, and I believe yourself as well, when we had a discussion in 2021, could not guarantee me or the American people that any of those 5,000 scumbags that did escape from Bagram weren't involved in the murder of the 13 service members that occurred under uh, your watch. And why didn't we maybe have a withdrawal when it wasn't prime fighting season? I mean, all these questions, uh, this... I think, in large measure, could have been avoided. And then uh, just a little uh, walk through history here in the last couple of administrations. Uh, Vladimir Putin, a lot of my colleagues have talked about Ukraine. In 2008, Vladimir Putin stole uh, a province from Georgia, and it was under George W. Bush's watch. And then 2014, he stole all of Crimea under uh, Barack Obama's watch. And then a Russian-supported insurgency in eastern Ukraine kicked off as well. And then... Uh, Mr. Secretary, President of the United States from 2017 to 2021 was? Do you aware who that was? Hmm. Uh, 2013? 17 to 21. Hmm. Who was the President of the United States? Of course, it was was, uh, President Trump. Donald Trump. Yeah. Were there any new, did Vladimir Putin embark on any new foreign adventures in those four years? Uh, He didn't. Uh, but okay, thank uh, you. And then, uh, and then February 2022, what happened? You know, he certainly. I mean, that's when he attacked uh, Ukraine and full-scale invasion, almost 200,000 regular absolutely. Russian yeah. troops. So I think that if we were more concerned with our military uh, projecting power and not worried about personal pronouns, it would be better for the American people and, quite frankly, the free world. Thank you, Mr. Chairman. I yield back. That was uh, the voice of Congressman Pat Fallon of Texas as he uh, was visiting during the hearing with Joe Biden's defense secretary, Lloyd Austin. Obviously, Austin uh, sounding very uncomfortable. If you could see the video as we did, uh, looking very uncomfortable, having to concede the fact that no defense personnel were killed during Trump's tenure. And uh, he opted to claim that very few were killed. And then Fallon was quick to correct Austin, to which to which he had to acknowledge. And then Fallon uh, refreshed Austin and everyone else's memory that 13 defense personnel lost their lives after Joe Biden's unplanned and hasty withdrawal from Afghanistan. Fallon also reminded everyone about the expensive, the sophisticated weaponry that was left behind and the prison break in, uh, in Bahram. Uh, Fallon also quizzed Lloyd Austin about uh, Putin's conduct during the tenures of uh, President Bush, President Obama, and current President Joe Biden versus President Trump. And uh, Fallon reminded everyone of uh, how the things that Putin did under Bush, the things that Putin did under Obama, and there was nothing that Putin did under the leadership of President Trump. And of course, now under Biden, we know what's been going on uh, in in Ukraine, and uh, pretty telling when you see these these hearings. and And uh, obviously, we can just share audio with you, but it's all there uh, for us uh, to to get a, a better handle on things. Speaking of uh, Donald Trump, and this is going to give us a, a little bit of a rewind into uh, the previous week uh, headline from uh, the Guardian here, and so many have given. Such, uh, I would call, unfair coverage to uh, what took place in Nashville, Tennessee last week, as uh, it was the world's largest gathering of religious broadcasters. Uh, The national religious broadcasters uh, were meeting in Nashville, and uh, Donald Trump uh, was a, uh, a speaker that week, and 
he uh, told told the the crowd there, all those in attendance, it's the people from within our country that are more dangerous than the people outside. Uh, Trump's speech in Nashville, Tennessee, to the National Religious Broadcasters Presidential Forum Gala offered him a chance to visit uh, with hundreds of Christian media figures whose, uh, uh, this says, whose approval and willingness to carry his message on the air could drive huge turnout in November. And he says, the greatest threat is not from the outside of our country. I really believe it is from within. Trump, whose uh, who's speech focused largely on his uh, political enemies, saying that it's the people from within our country that are more dangerous uh, than the people outside. And really, as, as is so often the case, we, we, don't, we don't get the, the whole story. But uh, in this first uh, short clip here, President, former President Trump was talking about how uh, his accomplishments uh, during his first four years were were uh, very supportive of uh, of Christianity. And I will fight even harder for Christians with four more years in the White House. We did things that uh, the likes of which nobody has ever done for Christians in this country. He uh, he went on to say that uh, it would uh, that would not change for his uh, next four years. But no one will be touching the cross of Christ under the Trump administration. That will never happen. Never happen. And then uh, he also mentioned how uh, uh, his fellow Christians should be uh, registered uh, to vote and to, to let their voice be heard in 2024. And we have to save our country. But Christians, they can't afford to sit on the sidelines in this fight. They have to really get out there. They have to do what they have to do, and they have to win. And so, uh, anyway, this this article goes on, and and there have been so many things said, including a comment from uh, uh, the Biden-Harris campaign saying that uh, Trump met with the crazies in Nashville, Tennessee. And that, of course, is... uh, uh, the nation's largest gathering of religious broadcasters that he was speaking of there. And in any event, uh, this is uh, one more note here that I want to make sure I get. This does say that NRB President Troy Miller mentioned that uh, both Nikki Haley and Joe Biden were both offered the same time uh, platform to speak, uh, to uh, visit with the uh, NRB and they declined. So it's not that uh, anyone was uh, being shown any favoritism when that was clearly the case. And that's something that most of the media uh, is uh, what legacy media would be uh, reporting uh, on this side, on this side of, of things. Something else that uh, came from uh, we're we are we are up against a break already. This is this is uh, some foundational stuff that uh, we want to share with you that actually came from. Uh, that meeting of uh, the NRB, the National Religious Broadcasters, they have uh, made a special announcement. Hey, a special announcement, and we'll just wait till we get to the other side of the break. Wow, that one went quick. Stay with us. There's plenty more ahead on the VCY America Radio Network. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and creation researcher with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, when did the mammoths die? Chris, the mammoths were thought to have died out about 10,000 years ago. And although evolutionists have admitted that early man must have seen the mammoths, more recent evidence has caused them much consternation. In the tomb of one of the pharaohs in Egypt is a drawing of men carrying ivory tusk on their shoulders. Next to them is an animal that sure looks like a mammoth, with hairy skin and a domed head, just like we see in mammoth fossils. And why not? Mammoths are a variety of the elephant kind, and two of them were on board Noah's Ark. Certainly humans knew of them, and from the earliest times have made use of their ivory. Chris, it's the back-to-Genesis view of history which makes sense out of the evidence. To equip yourself with facts that support your faith, visit us on the web at www.icr.org. That's www.icr.org. 
This is Crosstalk on the VCY America radio network. And uh, just before that uh, first break, we mentioned a special announcement from the NRB. Uh, Last week, the National Religious uh, Broadcasters, during their annual Christian Media Convention in Nashville, Tennessee, it did come amid an intense media war of narratives uh, in reporting about Israel. And this is uh, as the war with Hamas in the Gaza rages for now a fifth month. And a quote here uh, from a statement released by NRB says that NRB opposes the use of the erroneous term. You've heard this. The erroneous term West Bank. The er- we oppose the use of the erroneous term West Bank to describe the biblical heartland of Israel. And they call on its members, the members of NRB, to refer to the region by its historic name of Judea and Samaria. Interesting. That from uh, NRB last week. And we can go right to uh, those locations in Scripture. And so we're we're told, uh, you know, haven't we? We've been told, well, that's the West Bank. Well. Let's uh, be biblical, and let's refer to it as uh, what it is, its historic name of Judea and Samaria. Here is one from uh, Jihad Watch. In the face of increasing global pressure, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu has reiterated his vow to destroy Hamas and ensure that Gaza never again constitutes a threat to Israel. He also provided an update on uh, Israel's war. Now, there is a full speech, and we do not have time uh, to go over all of that. But uh, Prime Minister Netanyahu said that, At the start of my remarks, I would like to send condolences to the families of those who were murdered in the abhorrent terrorist attack near Eli. Since the start of the war, we have eliminated almost 400 terrorists in Judea and Samaria. The battle is still underway. As Prime Minister of Israel, I am committed to safeguarding our existential interests in spite of the growing and increasing pressure on us. And today, together with my colleagues, I am rejecting the international pressure to end the war before we achieve all of its goals. As I said, even though this pressure is growing and increasing, our efforts are bearing fruit in the most important diplomatic arena, which is, of course, the U.S. This week, a Harvard Caps Harris poll was published. It determined 82% of the American public supports Israel. That is to say that more than four out of five U.S. citizens supports Israel, not Hamas. This broad support gives us redoubled energy to continue the campaign until total victory. Netanyahu goes on to say, We are taking strong action against our enemies on all fronts. In the north, we are striking Hezbollah. In the south, we are continuing to eliminate Hamas's battalions. At the same time, we are making a relentless effort to return all of our hostages. Citizens of Israel, we are achieving the goals of the war thanks to the heroism of our fighters and the unity among us. I-24 News is reporting that uh, that four underwater communication cables between Saudi Arabia, Saudi Arabia and Djibouti were struck out of commission in the recent months. This from uh, Israeli News. Attacks by the Iran-backed Houthis are widely considered to have damaged the cables believed to belong to the AAE-1 CECOM Europe-India Gateway, and TGN systems. The knockout marks serious disruption in communications between Europe and Asia. Meanwhile, the immediate harm will be felt by the Gulf states and India. This uh, AAE-1 cable connects East Asia to Europe via Egypt. Getting a geography lesson here today, are we not? This uh, links China to the West via Pakistan and Qatar. The EIG cable system connects southern Europe to Egypt, Saudi Arabia, Djibouti, the UAE, and India. 
The SECOM cable serves as a link between Europe, Africa, and India and is also connected to South Africa. We'll bring it uh, closer to home. Washington Examiner saying that uh, the House overwhelmingly passing its latest temporary spending measure to avoid a scheduled government shutdown over the weekend. This extending the deadlines for all 12 must-pass appropriation bills into this month of March now. Lawmakers voting 320 to 99 on the continuing resolution, surpassing the two-thirds majority needed to change the spending deadlines in order to buy more time to finalize legislative text and pass the budget for the 2024 fiscal year. The two Democrats who voted no with 97 Republicans were Reps Mike Quigley of Illinois and then Jake Auchincloss of Massachusetts. Just the News saying that House Republicans are considering lending the Ukrainian government funding for the country's war against Russia rather than providing $61 billion under the Senate-passed foreign aid bill. According to a Council on Foreign Relations analysis, the U.S. government has spent $75 billion on the war in Ukraine. Curious what we have spent thus far, listening friend? According to a Council on Foreign Relations analysis, the U.S. government has now spent $75 billion on the war in Ukraine. And instead of providing an additional $61 billion under this recent Senate-passed foreign aid bill, House Republicans are considering lending the Ukrainian government funding for their ongoing war with Russia. Now, Tuesday, following a White House meeting, President Biden and Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer they stepped up the pressure on Speaker Johnson to put to put the Senate bill, which totals $95 billion for, it's all tied together, $95 billion for Ukraine, Israel, Taiwan, and humanitarian efforts in Gaza. Uh, the president wanting to put pressure on Johnson to get this, get this to the floor and vote on it. Uh, the foreign aid package does not include provisions to cover the cost of the legislation. Uh, Johnson and House Republican leaders are considering multiple options for the next step, including providing some Ukraine war funding in cash and lending the rest, according a uh, GOP congressional source close to the process. And a final decision on the way forward on foreign aid has not been decided, the uh, source here says from, uh, from Just the News. More news out of uh, Texas, Daily Caller. A federal judge blocked a Texas law yesterday that allows local police to arrest migrants who cross into the state illegally. U.S. District Court Judge David Ezra said in a uh, four, said in a 114-page ruling that the law SB4 threatens the fundamental notion that the United States must regulate immigration with one voice. He issued a preliminary injunction preventing the law from taking effect while the case proceeds. If allowed to proceed, SB4 could open the door to each state passing its own version of immigration laws. And, well, laws are in place and therefore a reason, regardless you agree with this particular one or not, but uh, it's good that uh, they're having these uh, discussions. From Texas, we'll go to California this week at Town Hall reporting how a California congressional candidate patched up a high-profile illegal border crossing point by herself with razor wire. Uh, This says, we're standing right now at the spot that's been all over the news. A lot of people have come out here to film this hole in the wall. No one has yet to come and secure this hole in the fence. If you want something done, sometimes you've got to do it yourself, she said. Uh, this is from Kate Monroe uh, telling this to Fox News. She decided she would do something about it. And she herself purchased 400 feet of razor wire. She and her members of her staff, they hung the wire along the gaps themselves. According to, listen to this, according to a new Monmouth University poll, A majority of Americans, 53%, support the construction of a border wall separating the United States from Mexico. So the the battle for the border, 
obviously continues to, to go on. Uh, here before the break, we'll mention this, that uh, those coming through our border illegally, our president simply is calling them newcomers. Patriot Post reporting, that's the new poll-tested term, the poll-tested term that President Biden is trotting out to describe those who've crossed our southern border illegally. We don't want to call them illegal immigrants. We want to call them newcomers, according to Joe Biden. Uh, Georgia Republican Congressman Andrew Clyde, however, said, and isn't fooled, as he uh, put on his uh, ex, his Twitter, insanity. A newcomer just brutally murdered Lakin Riley last week. Newcomers are flooding our country with fentanyl. These newcomers are costing American taxpayers nearly $500 billion. Joe Biden wants to normalize his intentional illegal invasion. That from Georgia Republican Congressman Andrew Clyde on his ex, his Twitter, uh, this week. And he is not fooled. He says he is not buying all that Joe Biden wants to do with his intentional, illegal invasion of our country. And I do not, we do not want to go by that story and mention that young lady's name who lost her life. Her name was Lakin Riley, a 22-year-old nursing student in Georgia who uh, was murdered. And uh, she was found dead Thursday, February 22nd, not far from her University of Georgia campus. Uh, Her friends began a search for her because she had not returned from her jog. Uh, According to Fox News, Jose Ibera, 26 years old, an illegal immigrant from Venezuela, facing charges of malice murder, felony murder, aggravated battery, aggravated assault, false imprisonment, kidnapping, hindering a 911 call, and concealing the death of another in connection with Riley's death. Sources at the Department of Homeland Security said that Ibera crossed into El Paso, Texas, illegally September 2022. Fox saying that its sources told the network that Ibera was released into the country on parole. Then a report from News Nation said that Ibera was freed because of a lack of detention space. That's why he was released. And now this beautiful young lady has lost her life. 22-year-old nursing student in Georgia, Lake and Riley. See the pictures, television or uh, the newspaper, or the internet, whatever the case may be. Such a, such a promising young lady with a career and a whole life ahead of her cut short by what some would simply call a newcomer or have us to call a newcomer. We uh, opened the show today asking prayer for the firefighters. We certainly need to remember the uh, family of Lake and Riley as well. We are uh, up against our next break. There is more on the other side. Stay with us. You're listening to Crosstalk. Entertainment has become the draw to build churches and youth groups. Meanwhile, sound biblical teaching has fallen off the cliff. To many, it's all about numbers and little about the Bible. Play the Flute, a powerful DVD, addresses this issue head on. Play the Flute tells the story of one youth leader who would not give up, who would not surrender to the apathy taking over his new youth group. The Lord Jesus is looking for followers who realize that they are sinners and need a Savior. These are his terms, and I can't change them. From Rich Cristiano comes Play the Flute, a powerful story on DVD available from VCY America for a donation of $18 or more. Call 1-800-729-9829. 1-800-729-9829. 
Thank you for joining us. Friday brings the news roundup and comment as we uh, look at the stack of headlines, uh, news stories that uh, Sandy has been compiling uh, throughout the week. It's been a, a, a good, busy week here on uh, the Crosstalk Hour. And uh, yesterday we had a, a repeat uh, broadcast of a great program uh, titled uh, The Critical Need to Reach Children. If you were listening yesterday, it was uh, Jim's visit uh, with uh, Moses Estevis talking with uh, uh, the need to reach these young people in Child Evangelism Fellowship. Check that one out. Back on, uh, back on Wednesday, uh, Jim visited with Pastor Jack Hibbs, who has re- recently uh, wrote the book, Living in the Days of Deception. And days is uh, D-A-Z-E, Living in the Days of Deception. Of course, uh, that book was offered here through Crosstalk. Back on Tuesday, if you missed this one, make sure to revisit this. You can go to vcy.org, vcy.org. We welcomed Pastor uh, David Brown, and we looked at what the Bible has to say on self-defense, self-defense for the Christian. And then on Monday this week, uh, Jim's visit with Chris Katolka, of uh, Friends of Israel. All of these programs there on demand. You can listen anytime. We call that on demand. Listen anytime at vcy.org or go to crosstalkamerica.com, crosstalkamerica.com. Just before uh, the break, we were mentioning the uh, sad loss of the 22-year-old nursing student in Georgia, Lake and Riley. Well, the Blaze is reporting the sheriff the sheriff of the Georgia County where that young lady was murdered last week. Um, That sheriff once pledged not to cooperate with immigration and customs enforcement detainers if elected to office. Back in 2020, John Williams was a sergeant with the Athens-Clark County Police Department running for sheriff. And he sat down for an interview with the the Athens... uh, Athens politics nerd to discuss his vision for law enforcement in the area. During the interview, Williams criticized the ICE, suggesting that they create an unnecessary culture of fear. So again, the headline, the sheriff of the county where uh, Lake and Riley was murdered, uh, campaigned on not cooperating with ICE detainers for the undocumented. And again, so much could be uh, misconstrued or taken in a wrong way as we talk about our nation's borders. You know, we are a nation of laws. And a nation without borders is not a nation. There is a process, and that is what any God-loving, patriotic American wants in our country is that we just enforce the laws we have. Come to, yes, come to our land. Come to this country. Contribute. Be a part of it. Become an American. But do work the process. Do it legally. That is what is, that is, that is what is expected. That is what is appreciated. That is what is needed. But not everyone feels that way, unfortunately. Town Hall. Hundreds of illegal migrants were mass-released into California last week. And uh, there is some video surveillance footage capturing a Border Patrol bus handing them over to a non-governmental organization. About 200 illegal aliens were mass-street released in in, uh, the San Diego area uh, by Border Patrol custody. The migrants traveled from Peru, India, and Colombia, many saying they were heading to Atlanta and Minneapolis to look for work. Uh, Fox News explained that the reason hundreds of illegal migrants have been released into the state by Border Patrol agents is because San Diego County recently spent millions of taxpayer dollars on building a migrant shelter. However, guess what happened? That shelter ran out of money and ran out of resources. And they're saying over the past few months, we've seen 100,000 migrants come across the San Diego border That from Mayor Bill Wells, the mayor saying a lot of those have been absorbed by this county shelter that used taxpayer money. They asked for $3 million. They spent over $6 million, and now they say they're out of money. 
So we're going to see migrants congregating in our streets. The Daily Signal. California is once again leading the way, showing us the dark, dystopian, post-American future. When you talk about dystopian, you're talking about great suffering. You're talking about injustice. California is showing us the dark, dystopian, post-America future that awaits us if the left remains in power. The latest absurdity is that a non-citizen was appointed to office in San Francisco. A non-U.S. citizen appointed to office in San Fran. That's the first time such a thing has happened in America. According to the New York Post, Kelly Wang, reportedly an immigrant rights activist from Hong Kong, was unanimously appointed by San Francisco's Board of Supervisors to the city's Elections Commission on February 14th. Now think about that. Somebody who isn't a citizen and isn't even legally allowed to vote for now is supervising elections in an American city. You heard that saying, folks, you can't make this stuff up. Somebody that isn't a citizen and isn't even legally allowed to vote here for now is now supervising elections in a U.S. city. The Daily Caller, New York Mayor Eric Adams appeared to walk back on the migrant laws that were put in place as a result of being considered a sanctuary city Monday night. This at a town hall meeting. He stated that there needs to be a modification to the, quote, sanctuary city law, allowing officials to deport illegal immigrants who commit a felony or violent act. Mayor Adams says, I still don't understand why the federal government isn't allowing them to work. They need to have the right to work like all of us that have come to this country have had the ability to do so. Adams said, people tell me all the time. They see me on the street and they say, well, Eric, why don't you stop the buses from coming in? It's against the law. I can't. Why don't you allow those who want to work, allow them to work? It's against the law, the federal law. I can't. Why do you say you have to house everyone that comes in? Because that's the law. Mayor Adams says, why don't you deport those who, uh, or, or the question is, why don't you deport those who commit crimes and harm people that are not doing the right things? Adams says, it's against the law. I can't. How about we shift gears uh, for a little bit? Um, you see a story in Chicago, and you always kind of hold your breath a little bit. Um, from American military news. Serious crashes with Chicago pedestrians and cyclists often fail to lead to tickets or charges. We can't be okay with this. Serious or fatal traffic crashes with pedestrians or cyclists in Chicago often fail to uh, lead to charges or citation. This from a Chicago Tribune analysis of Chicago police data of more than 4,000 such crashes between 2018 and mid-November 2023, just last fall, that was reviewed by the Tribune, traffic tickets or more serious violations were listed in about 26% of cases. The absence of an arrest for those injured or the families of those killed can feel like a failure, failure to serve justice. And advocates say the rate of enforcement sends a message that police don't take crashes involving cyclists and pedestrians uh, seriously enough. Now, this is a story for, you know, where they where they're looking at data from Chicago. Right. But friends, this could be applied in many, many U.S. city towns and, and cities. And we just shared that story out of San Francisco from the Daily Signal about the, the dystopian post-American future. That, that awaits us, the great suffering, the injustice. Here's Exhibit A. Here's a great example of, of that. That's what they're talking about going on in California. Well, here's, here's just going on what we're doing to one another from the Chicago Tribune. We are going to open up the phone line. Maybe you, listening friend, would like to weigh in on something that uh, we have shared here today. Um, the telephone number is one 800 733-9829, 1-800-733-9829.
888-589-9829. This, uh, when we come to Friday News Roundup and comment, we, we bring you the, the headlines, we, we share the news with you, and then we endeavor to allow you to uh, comment on, uh, on what, uh, what, these, uh, headlines, uh, what these headlines are. 1-800-733-9829. 1-800-733-9829. Uh, Breitbart recording, reporting, uh, let's see, this is March 1. So earlier this week, the U.S. Supreme Court has granted, here's the U.S. Supreme Court granting former President Donald Trump's request to decide if he is immune from prosecution on charges of attempting to overturn the results of the 2020 election. The court will consider whether and if so to what extent does a former president enjoy presidential immunity from criminal prosecution for conduct alleged to involve official acts during his tenure in office. The Wednesday court order uh, granting, uh, granting this to Trump saying that oral arguments will begin the week of April 22nd. The order also instructs the appellate court to keep special counsel Jack Smith's case against Trump paused until the Supreme Court reaches a decision on the immunity matter. We'll see what happens there. It's just the beginning of March. That's oral arguments beginning in April. Along with that, you can add Illinois to the list of states now, U.S. states that have removed former President Donald Trump from the 2024 presidential ballot over his involvement in the January 6, 2021 incursion at the U.S. Capitol. Uh, Judge Tracy Porter issuing the memorandum of judgment and order Wednesday, finding that Trump's alleged involvement in insurrection or rebellion against the United States disqualified him from serving as president under the 14th Amendment to the Constitution, and the Illinois State Board of Elections shall remove Donald J. Trump from the ballot for the general primary election on March 19, 2024, later this month, or cause any votes cast for him to be suppressed according to the procedures within their administrative authority, she wrote. However, Porter also stayed the order on the assumption that the Trump campaign would appeal it. And as we just shared moments ago, the U.S. Supreme Court is currently reviewing uh, the decisions that uh, these states have been doing. And I uh, I guess we'll see where we go from there. Do you ever remember... I, I don't remember... Not maybe on a local level, a small local story, but I never remember a national story, especially a former president being removed, removed from the the, the ballot. It's just uh, anyway. Well, uh, we see we have a caller here and it looks like line one. Let's uh, let me press the right buttons here. And thank you for calling. You are on Crosstalk. Good afternoon. Thanks for calling. Uh, Yes. Uh, I just wanted to say thanks for uh, everything for Dalton for you uh, informing us on what's going on, and we pre- I appreciate all of the uh, work that uh, you guys do. So thank you very much. You got my blood boiling. <laughs> well, we thank you for the encouragement. Thank you for listening there in Phoenix, Arizona. Looks like uh, t- Tony is on the uh, on hold in Wisconsin, and one other on the line, and it's break time. We'll come back. Visit with them and maybe another headline or two when Crosstalk continues. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Recently, a Michigan State Board member warned on video in their meeting that the Attorney General of Michigan, Dana Nessel, is pushing for a list of who homeschools. And he said this is a precursor to unwarranted home entry. My friends, this is very dangerous. Now, you say, I don't live in Michigan, I don't know homeschool. Well, a lot of times what gets through the federal courts, in this case is likely headed to the federal courts, starts to set precedent for other states and eventually the whole nation if it goes to the right federal courts. And then, of course, this is a freedom of religion issue, a parental authority issue. So everybody in America should be concerned that they are looking to make a list of who homeschools in Michigan and the talk of unwarranted home entry. My friends, Christians are increasingly getting on lists. Be vigilant. Back for a final segment 
on the VCY America radio network. Well, the final segment for this edition of Friday News Roundup and comments. Uh, do remember uh, this program and uh, many others from this uh, pre- these, uh, these previous days here this week, available on demand at uh, crosstalkamerica.com. Uh, on demand, meaning you can listen when convenient for you. And a couple other headlines that uh, are definitely worth mich- uh, mentioning here. Here's one in Michigan. Uh, it was uh, Tuesday was primary for Michigan, and Trump uh, won there handily by more than 40 points. Michigan gave Trump his biggest victory thus far in terms of the percentage of the vote. That from uh, the New American. And then another bombshell headline that has uh, just been rolling out as of yesterday. Not sure you're hearing this one in legacy media, at least not yet. New York Post reporting, at long last, first son Hunter Biden affirmed during his Wednesday impeachment inquiry deposition that his father, Joe, was, quote, the big guy, end of quote. The big guy referenced in an email about a business deal with a Chinese state-linked energy firm that yielded millions for the Biden family and other associates more than three years after the Post had broke the story uh, but uh, rejected the notion that the president was ever penciled in for a 10% stake of the uh, of the take there. Tony is in Wisconsin. Uh, thank you for calling Crosstalk. Tony, you're on the air. Thank you for the young lady taking my call. I got three comments. First off, the first one is I lived in Michigan for 10 years before I moved to Wisconsin in 1993. And under Gretchen Whitmer, that state is really going down the commode. And another one is the the mayor out in Denver has laid off all of his city employees because they ran out of money for the migrants. Mm. And then Biden's arrivals, I have a better nickname for them. How about field mice and cockroaches? Well, um... You know what? Uh, we do thank you for your call, and these are human beings. They are made in the image of God, many of them coming here for the right reason. Not all of them. We just want them to use the door, come in legally. But uh, thank you for listening, Tony. We appreciate it. Holly in Florida. Hi, Holly. You're on Crosstalk. No, thanks for having me on. I uh Maybe I misunderstood, but I thought that you had said that they wanted to give jobs to illegal immigrants. And if that's true, my thought is I live in Florida, and I my son has a really hard time getting work as a contractor because of the fact that the people that are legal migrants here really cut the prices to where you can't really compete with your services. So, I mean, you have to pay more for products, but... A lot of them live together in big groups and stuff, and it doesn't cost them as much to live, and a lot of them don't pay as many taxes. So I just want to know if I misunderstood that or understood that. So that was my question. Well, that was uh, the story in, uh, in Mayor Adams, right, in, uh, in, in uh, New York. And I, I would have to refer you to, you know, maybe do a little, little digging there further yourself. It's going to be different from state to state. Um, I, I can't... Uh, can't exactly answer that one for you, but uh, I, I am positive that what you're saying is being echoed in uh, many states uh, across our country and the confusion and, and uh, yes, the uh, great concern. But, Holly, thank you for calling. Barbara is in Washington State. Hi, Barbara. You're on the air. Hello, Barbara. Hello. Yes, you're on the air. Oh, thank you. I'm wondering if you have knowledge whether... Uh, that guy, uh, Biden, made any remarks, uh, you know, condolences to the family of Lincoln Raleigh. If he's mentioned her name at all in his news conference or behind closed doors with Congress or whatever. Well, personally, I believe there was something stated there. I don't have anything in front of me this week, but uh, there mm-hmm. there quite possibly was an acknowledgement. But I cannot uh, I cannot uh, uh, quote anything uh, right now. Is that all? Is that your only question? Okay. All right, Barbara. Thank you. Gary is in Minnesota. Hi, Gary. You're on Crosstalk. Yeah, I'm calling about that one uh, 
them parents that bought their son, knowing that he had a problem, they bought they bought him a gun, right? He goes out and shoots a bunch of people. Now, can President Biden be charged for letting that immigrant in here and then letting him go and then letting him uh, murder somebody? Now, can he be charged for that because he's responsible for the people that he lets in this country? That's a great question. That's a great question, Gary. We uh, we thank you. Uh, thank you for calling in. And, and friends, there are many questions, is there not, about uh, where we are in this country. And even, you know, even those who... You know, and we're coming to you from a, a Christian biblical standpoint, right? A biblical foundation of how we uh, see things here. We're bringing that uh, worldview, the biblical worldview. But even even people are surprising us who we don't know that are believers in Christ or or scriptures or anything. Many are asking questions and beginning to wake up. In fact, we have this audio, uh, a podcaster. I understand he was a former fighter, uh, UFC fighter, something like that, but he's also a podcaster. Uh, Joe Rogan made some very interesting comments, and something just as interesting is who he was talking with, uh, former Green Bay future Hall of Famer Aaron Rodgers was talking with Joe Rogan. Interesting conversation uh, these two had. But I think as time rolls on, people are going to understand the need to have some sort of of divine structure to things, some sort of belief in the sanctity of love and of truth. And a lot of that comes from religion. A lot of people's moral compass and the guidelines that they've used to follow, to live a just and righteous life has come from religion. And unfortunately, a lot of very intelligent people, they dismiss all of the positive aspects of religion because they think that the stories are mere superstitious fairy tales that, you know, they're, they have no place in this modern world and, you know, we're inherently good and your ethics are based on your old moral compass and we all have one. And that's not necessarily true. We need to, we need Jesus. <laughs> I think for real. Like if he came back now, it'd be great. Like Jesus, if you're thinking about coming back. Right now? Now's a good time. Yeah, pretty soon, yeah. Now's a good time. Well, there's a lot of people that think that that might be coming. Well, it might be. Mark of the Beast. If there is the Christianity part and, and Jesus wants to come back and save everything. It'd be good right around now. The Joe Rogan experience uh, with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he is coming back. He said so. John 14, Jesus saying, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am... There you may be also. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.